Hello, Wizzes. Today, Sarah Davidson, the Executive Vice President of ECRM, the parent company of RangeMe, joins us to talk about a topic that I see so many founders ask about, in-person and virtual buyer events, and which you should be prioritizing as you grow your brand. During the pandemic, we saw a really big shift from in-person events to virtual events, naturally, and we suddenly realized how many advantages came from connecting from the comfort of our own home. No travel expenses, no lost time, no jet lag. It was great. But then we realized over time, we also kind of missed seeing each other in person. Now, as some of the dust starts to settle, we are back to seeing this mix of in-person and virtual events. And with it, I'm getting a lot of questions around the logistics of virtual or hybrid buyer meetings, as well as how worth it they might be for your brand. All that being said, I am so excited to have Sarah to share more about what these hybrid buyer events look like, how things have shifted since the pandemic, what buyers are looking for now, and a whole lot more. Let's get right into it. I'm Allie Ball, former grocery buyer and retail store manager turned wholesale consultant. In my role on the retail floor, I saw delicious, values-driven brands fail on our shelves simply because they didn't understand the behind the scenes of wholesale. I created the Food Biz Whiz podcast to give you hard to access insight from my career in the food industry and the tools and strategies to help you succeed on retail shelves. If you're a committed food founder who's looking to create and grow a packaged products business that positively impacts our food system, puts wealth back into your own hands, and employs members of your local community, you have found the right podcast. Let's do this. What's your business's secret sauce to success? I want to know, and I bet you do too. Take our secret sauce quiz to find out. You'll answer 10 quick, fun questions on yourself and your business, and you will get your secret sauce results, plus a curated list of free resources for your exact stage of business and your own unique superpower so that you can do more of what's working. Find our secret sauce quiz linked directly in the show notes, complete it in less than two minutes, and then grab your free custom toolkit filled with hand-selected, totally free resources for you and your growth once you complete that quiz and get your results. Grab it right now in the show notes and find out your secret sauce to success. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the Food Biz Whiz podcast. Hi, Ellie. Happy to be here. I'm really excited for this episode. I feel like we've had folks from Range Me on the podcast before. We've had Joe Tarnowski on the podcast before, but we haven't had anyone specifically here to talk about ECRM and to talk about all the work that you guys do in the industry and this new normal of hybrid events. So I'm really, I'm really happy that you said yes, Sarah, and that you're here to talk, talk about all those things. Yeah. I mean, it's an honor to be here. I think we're so aligned in some of our mission that, you know, we want to help all these emerging brands and, you know, connect them with the right retailers and there's just so much synergy here. So I think it makes sense and happy to be here. Yeah. Okay. So for our listeners who just heard the words ECRM, range me, Joe Tarnowski, and are like, okay, slow down, Allie. Like, what the heck? What the heck are you talking about? Let's take it from the top. Mm-hmm. Sarah, if someone's never heard of ECRM, can you mm-hmm. tell me more about 
the company as a whole, what you guys do, and then we'll get into talking about your role there, Sarah. Yeah, absolutely. So to tee it all up, I mean, ECRM has been around since 1994, uh, and our mission is to help bring efficiencies into the buying and selling process. Uh, And so for years and years, we've been doing that through sessions, bringing buyers and sellers together uh, at points in time throughout the year. And it made perfect sense to have ECR or have Range Me join uh, that process. Uh, so since 2017, uh, Range Me has been our brand that helps connect buyers and sellers throughout the year, just in a different way on the platform, uh, really uh, giving uh, brands uh, the ability to promote their their products and their brands to retailers, and retailers can find over 200,000 brands right now on the platform um, for, you know, anything they're trying to look for 365 days a year. Yeah. Okay. So the way I understand it is ECRM historically pre-pandemic was really focused on in-person events, getting brands connected with buyers, wholesale buyers here. We're not talking about direct to consumer. So brands connected with wholesale buyers. And then in 2017, you guys acquired Range Me, which is really the digital connection. It's like the LinkedIn of (laughs) brands and buyers, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Okay, great. And then if someone is listening and is like, you know, Sarah, we get this a lot, like, well... I I put my profile on Range Me and like, no, nothing happened. Mm-hmm. I'll just say for our listeners who are going down that route, we have a whole podcast episode on that, mm-hmm. on how to have success on Range Me. So we're not going to talk about that today, but I'll link up that past podcast in our show notes if you are a listener who's already on Range Me and you're looking to find more success there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sarah, what do you do? What do you do at ECRM? <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's that's a great question. So I think, you know, my most important role is helping to connect buyers and sellers. I mean, I've been here 18 years. I've had a number of different roles and the mission has always been the same. It all comes back to getting the right parties together to fuel their business. Um, so I specialize in helping bring my favorite brands and my favorite retailers together all year round. Uh, and, you know, when I'm not doing that at work, I'm managing that uh, process at home with my two little boys. So um, uh, um, either connecting people here or connecting at home with my family. Yeah, you're a, you're a connector. Yes. Wow, Sarah, 18 years. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. That's a long time. Yeah, I've been so blessed. I mean, I found uh, ECRM when I was a senior in college. So I started wow. as an intern and then just bounced around to a lot of different positions in the company. And it gave me a lot of exposure, you know, to our customers who helped us lead the way and figure out the best way to connect people and, and help their businesses. Wow. And that's really a testament to the the company culture at ECRM mm-hmm. to keep someone around for 18 years is, is no small feat. So I, I love hearing that and, and, really um, getting a a glimpse of the behind the scenes that internally it's a company that one wants to stay around, stick around for 18 years. Wow. Yeah. There's a lot of us here. I I always tell people I'm a lifer. I've just, (laughs) I fell in love with it from day one and, you know, nothing's changed. Wow. Okay. So speaking of changes, Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff changed when we in 2020, right? March of 2020, we all know this. Yeah. <laughs> COVID-19 hit and all of a sudden our industry just shifted overnight. Right? Mm-hmm. It's it kicked off with Expo West canceling in March 2020 and then over that year, I think we've really 
you know, rightfully so, pulled back on in-person events. Mm-hmm. They vanished. Mm-hmm. And so how did ECRM respond at that point? What did you guys roll out? Yeah. So at that point, I think we were doing close to a hundred different in-person sessions throughout the year. So wow. our format is to really focus in the same way buyers um, purchase product, you know, by individual category. And so we were, we were, you know, approaching a hundred of those a year back in 2020. And um, thankfully, uh, one of our biggest departments in the company is our IT department. And uh, we got together and figured out a solution to continue the process. Um, we kept everything the same that we did beforehand. Um, just the deliverable was different in that instead of meeting in person, we were meeting virtually. So we built our own proprietary platform called eSerum Connect. And we're able to um, have these connections through our virtual platform. And thank God we did because it was amazing. We were, I think it launched uh, our first full session was of June in June of 2020. So, wow. So pretty quick, right? That's a pretty quick turnaround. And, you know, again, really, um, really helpful that you had a company that was so such a veteran in this industry that you were able to really turn it around quickly and had the resources to do so. Especially Sarah, wow, 100, about 100 in-person events a year. That's one every three days, every three and a half days. That's that's a lot to shift online. And, you know, I I think we all all know this, but I just, I want to highlight how'd it go when you switched online? What happened? So, it's been great. I mean, we still have virtual sessions um, right now today um, and immediately it kind of took off from the launch in June, especially then because everyone was looking for a way to connect and um, to, you know, there wasn't really other options out there. And so uh, it it went great. I mean, the engagement has been awesome, especially from the buy side. I mean, virtual opened up doors for us to um, work with new brands and new retailers uh, because of the ease and the convenience and you know all those things that virtual brings. Um, and so that that's been really great just to engage with a lot more customers. I mean uh, the amount of people we are working with really scaled um, since the pandemic. Oh yeah, I can totally see that. I mean, I think about back in the days when I was a buyer, if we had had virtual events, I would have attended so many more. I feel like, you know, we all know how taxing it is to go to these in-person events, flying across the country, paying for a hotel room for expenses, not even to mention that, um, the, the emotional drain, right. The, the, the drain just from committing all of that time to travel and taking mm-hmm. yourself out of that daily routine. Gosh, I, I wish virtual events would have been around when I was in my buyer role. I would have loved that. Yeah. Okay. So you've had a lot of success with these, with these virtual offerings and where are we now? Three years later. Yeah. So all this, all the success, all the great things. Yeah. Uh, we started working with a lot more buyers, a lot more suppliers, um, and getting feedback from them and, you know, how can we even better improve this process? And as time has gone on and more things have opened up and travel is starting to happen, happen, uh, we've definitely heard loud and clear that we want to have more in-person engagements. Um, and I think from the, the, the buy side, you know, since the pandemic and since, um, it's insane. They they started to wear more hats. They have mm-hmm. different challenges to solve. Yeah. Um, and 
I think the view on on travel or commitments that they're going to make with suppliers has changed. So yeah. it's been more difficult to connect with as many suppliers because you're going to less trade shows, you're going to less conferences, you're not having office appointments, or if you are, you're not having nearly the amount that you had before. Yeah. Um, and suppliers are challenged at the same time too. I mean, they used to get, you know, get an if they were lucky enough to get an office appointment, it'd be set for an hour yeah. or it would. Uh, you know, they would have some more quality time. So I think everyone's fighting for that quality time right now Yes, because everyone's starved of time. They're trying to figure out, well, how can I use it best? And that's, that's really where we come in. Um, that's really what we've always been about is efficiencies. That's why we were born uh, was to have efficiencies in the buying and selling process. And so now in this environment where it's safe to get back in person and people are able to travel again, where we can deliver the most value, is ultimately in person. Um, And so we're keeping the process the same beforehand, just like we were pre-pandemic, just like we've been in virtual, but ultimately everyone will meet together in person um, at our sessions throughout the year. Okay. So are you, it's, it's really interesting because I have found, and I'm, I'm curious if, if this is something that you're, you're trying to figure out as well, that the brands, the founders really want to meet in person and the buyers, those wholesale buyers seem to be the people who are more hesitant to devote the time to fly somewhere or, or, you know, get off that, um, you know, sales floor, like devote the time. Have you found that, that the, the founders are the ones who are like a little bit more eager to do the in-person events? Yes, absolutely. I mean, (laughs) definitely we heard it first from the suppliers. So we were hearing, you know, as soon as, you know, travel could start to happen again, started to start hearing it from the, the brands um, that they wanted to be in person. And, you know, if, if only the buyer could taste my product, then right. that would make all the difference yeah. in the world. And so I have to be there in person. Um, and then as time's gone on, we've started to hear it more and more from the buyers. There's definitely kind of that buyers in the camp of, Yes, I wanted to spend two days and go all in and and get as much done as possible. And the way yes. we're set up is really, you give us two days, we're going to save months of time um, okay. and, and helping you to find those diamonds in the rough, help with your planning process. Uh, but for the brands, um, they really are want that time with buyers because it's hard to get it now. It's really hard because Ooh. even if buyers are giving Zoom meetings or virtual meetings, they're, they're doing, you know, they're spreading it between more brands and you're not getting anywhere near the quality of that FaceTime you need to do your pitch. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I'm, I agree with you. I am convinced that Mm -hmm. the in-person is, is valuable, especially in our industry. Right. And, you know, if you're a listener of the podcast, you know, that I talk about moving away from using taste to sell your product. But at the end of the day, tasting products is really valuable or smelling, you know, your scented candle line or holding your dish towels or, you know, seeing how that dog treat crumbles in your hand, like whatever that is, that there is value in that. So Sarah, tell me, tell me what you're shifting back to, to with these in person, are they like mini events or like how, how's it all going to work? Yeah. So I always tell people that it's not really an event. Um, Mm -hmm. I've been talking a little bit about all the things that happened beforehand with the curation process. 
but we're really a solution. You know, it really is an all-encompassing session where we're bringing buyers and sellers together, not only for the pitch and to have that formal meeting, but to strengthen relationships because that's what Mm. it's going to take to ultimately do business. Retailers aren't looking for the best products. They're looking for the best partners. They want to find someone that can really help them with, you know, achieve their goals and objectives. And so it takes more than just, you know, a pitch. It's going to be more than that. And that's what our uh, sessions have always been set up to do. So just to kind of give you a little visual, if you can imagine, for every one of our sessions that we host, we actually book all of the um, hotel accommodations, uh, the meal functions for all attendees. So we've always been about making sure we can bring everybody together and have a quality experience that strengthens those relationships. Um, and in order to do that, you can't just try to get as many people as, as possible in a room and say, have at it. Um, you really got to do some work, <laughs> You get do some yeah. work with the right parties together. Um, and I think that's one of the, you know, kind of magic pieces about having all the attendees on property together is that outside of the pitch, there's a lot of great things that happen. You're on the treadmill in the morning and you're talking to, you know, someone you met with yesterday about the news or about your kids. You bump into someone in the elevator, um, you know, you're waiting for coffee and, and struck up a conversation. And that that really goes a long way when you're going to email a buyer weeks from now asking follow up with me because they might not respond right away because all they remember is your 10 minute pitch, but they will respond when they remember you guys connected about your kids or you connected about, you know, some topic that, that was uh, relevant for both of you at the time. And so we set up a lot of those kind of, I think just the way the session is set up from the get-go and bringing everyone together at the same property helps with all of that. Yeah, you're totally right. I hadn't thought about it like that, but so much, I think about the big trade shows, right? We all know the ones where so much of that connection, so much of that magic happens off the trade show floor, right? I think about myself as a buyer walking the trade show floor. It's exhausting. (laughs) There's so many people to talk to and sights and sounds. Gosh, I mean, you know, like booth design nowadays has gone you know, 10x. And so often, Sarah, that connection happens off off the floor. You're right, yeah. on the treadmill, over yeah. breakfast, you know, whatever yeah. that is. I didn't realize that that you guys did all of the accommodation and the meal plan for your attendees on both sides as well. Wow. Yeah. That's, so, oh. and, you know, for the suppliers, you know, it's kind of like all-inclusive, like buying yeah. it all-inclusive. You pay one price and everything's included, your hotel accommodations, the meal functions, the networking wow. events, the um, the one-on-one meetings, which is really why everyone is there. And the biggest value that you're going to get is having that connection, that dedicated time yeah. um, with someone there's an opportunity to do business with. Because the, leading into the session, we're gathering all kinds of insights from the buyers on what their objectives are, what their needs are, who they can and cannot do business with. And then on the supply side, we're understanding what their capabilities are, what their offerings are. And once we have all that information, we're curating a schedule so that you're meet, you know, everyone there is actually meeting with someone there's an opportunity to business with. And all that great information that we get from both parties, we serve up to the attendees prior to the session. So imagine walking into a buyer meeting and knowing exactly what they want what their pain points are, you know, specifically, why are they in the room with me? Because they are trying to solve X, Y, and Z. You'll be, you know, it's amazing to see what you can do in 10 or 20 minutes 
if you know all those things going into it. Absolutely. I want to talk about some of those buyer needs and objections. But before I do, Sarah, I I really want to emphasize what what, what I'm taking away from this conversation, which I think is really valuable for our listeners, that the ECRM sessions are really different from a trade show. And we can't think about, we shouldn't think about oh, well, am I going to do an ECRM session this year or am I going to do a trade show? It's, it, you know, it's one or the other because they're they're the same sort of thing. And as I'm realizing it here, Sarah, they're really different. And tell me if I'm getting this difference, this difference correct. At a trade show, and I love trade shows, right? Like I'm not knocking trade shows here, but at your typical trade show, you are in the sea of tens of thousands of booths and you hope that that right, that the correct buyer walks by your booth and that you can capture their attention, right? Yeah. It's a lot of um, right time, right place sort of energy. And that's why I said, you know, the connections happen in the elevator, they happen at the, you know, the networking party after hours and things like that. The difference it with the ECRM sessions is that it is one, it's curated by category, right? So let's say you are doing um, non-alcoholic beverages or holiday mm-hmm. types of things or salty snacks, like whatever it is, it's curated by your category. And Sarah, if I'm correct, you are talking to the buyers ahead of time. You're finding mm-hmm. out exactly what their needs are. And then you are actually curating, creating the schedule for brands where they have guaranteed FaceTime with particular buyers at these ECRM sessions. Did I get that difference correct? Yeah, I think that's uh, a great, a great explanation. I think there's, you know, if I could add anything else, it would be, you know, one other big difference is the importance of timing and getting in front of buyers at the right time. So because we're category specific, um, we align the categories to the time when retailers are looking. So I think that's another big difference is that trade shows all categories all the time. You know, you're really just, you know, trying, I I always tell people I'm the same love trade shows. We go to them too. I love connecting with everyone there. Um, It's a great place to shout from the rooftops, all the great things that you're doing. Um, And, and I think, for us on the, on the session side, it's really about honing in and and getting into that, that next step and focusing on how we can do business together because mm-hmm. the timing of each of our category sessions is aligned to just about when most buyers are looking at the category and are open to change and are thinking about making decisions yeah. or it's before it. So we try to like get in front of it so that you're there when about the time that they're going to be making decisions. So that's a big, a big difference. Um, and I think the the one other thing that I wanted to mention earlier when I was just kind of saying, you know, about the magic that happens on mm-hmm. site when you run into everyone, I think that also uh, the, the magic that happens beforehand with our client success managers mm-hmm. um, is something that's very unique and different than, you know, any trade show or conference or event. I think there are secret sauce, to be honest. It's where I started in the company. Okay. And their role is to make sure every attendee is set up for success. So as we're gathering all that information and you know serving that up to to everyone so they can be productive on site, the customer success manager is holding your hand, walking you through it, making sure that every T is crossed, every I is dotted and you have all the details you need and we're really you know particular about that department. I mentioned IT was one of our biggest departments. The bigger department 
is our customer <laughs> success department gotcha. because we want to make sure they can, um, you know, th- th- we, we're very particular about their workload and how much they have on their plate so they can really take time with every customer that signed up for a session and work with them all the way through before, during, and then also after. So I think that's the other difference you can do when you're not dealing with thousands, but you're really focused on the hundred that are there having the best quality experience ever. Yeah, Where my brain is going, it's like hiring a matchmaker versus just like being on Tinder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not that I've dated in a long, long time, but you know, I'm like, oh, right. Like if you want, if you're all about efficiency, right? If you are this busy food founder and your goal is to get in front of the right wholesale buyers, Mm-hmm. you go where the efficiency is. Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. And and get it to happen faster. It's efficient. Yeah. yeah. Get results faster because you're doing yeah. it at the right time with the right people. Absolutely. Well, I love that piece about the right time, right? I think about, again, back to my days as a buyer, like if I weren't ready to assess my holiday assortment, I wouldn't like, I'm not going to look at holiday stuff at a March trade show necessarily. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to do my May, June, July, some, sometime in there. So I, I really like that idea of connecting with the buyers who are ready to review your category. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk more about these buyer objectives. You talk to a lot of buyers and I'm really curious about what What's coming up with their needs and their objectives nowadays? And yeah. how how's it shifting? How's it different than years past? Yeah, that's a great question because you know that is ultimately what we're working with the buyers on. We want to solve their pain points. We have to understand what their objectives are. And you know, some are kind of the same that we've heard for the last couple of years. I think private label is always one of the biggest. It has been um, for the last couple of years, we have private label teams. You know, retailers are investing a lot in private label. They're sourcing teams, they're private label teams. Um, so there's a lot of curation that we do around private label needs. Um, sometimes there that requires a certification. We hear about GFSI a lot when it comes to private label. Um, so a lot of curation around, around that. Um, also price points, you know, I think in this environment, we've started to hear a little bit more about certain price points, especially depending on the category um, that retailers are looking to hit. So they're wanting to meet with suppliers that can serve those price points. Uh, certifications, I mentioned the GFSI for private label, but, you know, around um, diversity and uh, minority owned certifications, mm-hmm. hearing more about those. Um, anything that's really uh, around like the trending labels, you know, plant-based, um, you know, allergy-free, gluten-free, non-GMO, all those things are still hear a lot about, um, clean label, uh, hearing a lot about that. And that's a little bit harder to curate. I think they're starting to ask for a number of ingredients or does this company consider themselves, um, a clean, uh, you know, a a product being a clean product, that kind of thing. So we're hearing more about that. Um, and I think the big shift for me and, and why it was so important for us to get back in person is that buyers are lasered in on these things. Like they yeah. really are kind of filtering out, you're sending emails and they're just looking for these buzzwords They're looking to see, should I give my time here? Is it work? You know, is this make sense? Um, and I think within person, you know, we'll still do the curation to make sure that there's a fit. 
But with in-person, it kind of opens up the doors to say, I'm here to see this or I want to look at this, but you can really show your whole assortment. There's been just in a number of in-person sessions that we've done this year, um, a number of times a buyer said, I went in to talk about this. uh, And then I was able to find something on the other side of the room that caught my eye that I never would have saw if we were in a Zoom meeting or I, you know, they really just seeing the product there and um, talking with the brand a little bit further about their initiatives or what they're looking for. I kind of was able, they were able to do a lot more in that 20 minutes than they would have been able to in a virtual meeting. Yeah. And let's be honest, like the virtual meetings are kind of, uh, I was going to say boring, (laughs) but it, it really depends. It takes a really seasoned, really confident founder to present well in a virtual meeting. Yeah. Right. And I think there's, there's a, there was a really steep learning curve. I mean, Sarah, we did so many virtual pitch practices in retail ready over the past few years. And it really took a lot of, a lot of practice for people to get comfortable with those, those zoom pitches. And I'll tell you, Sarah, like, I still see a lot of bad ones. Yeah, a, a yeah. lot of bad ones out there. And so I think for for those founders who don't have the skill and don't desire to have the skill of video presentation, an in-person event is really the way to to feel that connection and to feel like they don't have to perform in the same way as online. Yeah. Yep, yep, absolutely. I think there's a time and place where virtual you know, yeah. the virtual thrives. Yes. Um, but that initial kind of kickoff or, you know, right when you're getting your foot in the door, being in person and being able to touch and feel the product at the same time you're learning about it is is really helpful for the buyer as well as the supplier. Yeah. And it's really interesting to to hear about those, the the changing buyer objectives. And really, Sarah, so much of it is the same, right? Buyers are still looking for, you know, the certifications, they're looking for specific things, you know, in the categories that they're interested in. And then I love, I love hearing that they're looking for more diversity on their shelves. Um, That's, you know, that's definitely been a a big shift over the past couple, couple years and a a really welcome one in our industry. That's one of the sessions that's grown the most for us in the last couple of years. We've had, we have a diversity and minority owned session um, each, like it's, it, it, the time has shifted a little bit, but it, this past year we've had it in March mm-hmm. and yeah, year over year, just more and more buyers and more suppliers. Um, yeah. And yeah. and the buyers are really open to seeing. And then after they see and like, they, they really want to hone in on the certification. Yeah. So I think yes. that was, you know, what more we're hearing about certifications is, want to see it, but then we eventually need to get you in the certification because they want to promote that to their customers uh, and show them your product. Yeah, absolutely. It's one thing to, you know, with any emerging brand, it's one thing to love it and want to put it on the shelf. And it's a whole other thing to support it once it's on the shelf. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. I've got one last question for you, Sarah. You have 18 years of experience in this industry. Gosh, what Uh, you know, are there any other learnings that you've had from working with buyers over the past, certainly I'll narrow it down over the past couple of years that would be important to share on, on the podcast today? Yeah. I I mean, I think there's a couple things. One was the timing that I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. I think timing's just so critical getting in front of the buyer at the right time, uh, especially the larger retailers, because it takes 
a long time to groom and get into business. The bigger the retailer, usually the longer the time it takes to get in with them. Um, so I think timing is critical and understanding when your buyer is reviewing the category is super important. I think the other thing, and we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier, is just you know making sure that when you pitch a buyer, you pitch the, you pitch the product that's right for them, not just that it's the best product. So we see a lot of great brands, we see a lot of great companies, and that's one of the things that our customer success managers really work on with the with the brands before they get in with the retailer is understanding what the buyer's needs and objectives are. Because if you just go in and tell them that this is the best new product and it does all these amazing things, they could agree with you and think it's great. Yeah. But how is that great for them and that retailer? And you know, at you know, and who the customer they're trying to serve. Um, and so you've got to think about that in these big meet in these meetings with larger retailers because they see thousands of brands. And you have to hone in on how you're going to help them. And that's how you get a real partnership with a retailer um, that you have to have. You both are partnered in this to grow each of your businesses. Every buyer has an objective. They They have numbers they have to hit. And so if you can partner with them and truly solve a pain point and, you know, it's going to get you much further than just pitching the next best product. Um, so that would be the thing that I've learned. Uh, I've never yep. launched a product myself, but I've loved being in the middle and watching these businesses grow. And I've seen the things that you should do and the things you shouldn't do. And that's always the takeaway that I try to push out to all of my, you know, all of my friends that own brands or are, are, are pitching the products at the sessions because you have to give a reason to the buyer to want it. And they're going to want it if it serves their customers and it's a solution for them. Yes. Oh my gosh. You are speaking my language, Sarah. I feel like you and I could do a whole other podcast episode on meeting the buyer where they're at and giving them the solution to their problems. Oh, okay. Officially invited back for part two of this, this podcast. If you are listening and that strikes your interest, let, let us know. We'd, we'd be happy. I'm speaking for you, Sarah. I'm, (laughs) I'm hoping that you would want to come back and do that at at some point. Count me in. I'm on board. Okay. Sarah, as we wrap up, where can people find out more about ECRM? Where can they uh, find out info about whether or not they're right for an upcoming session? Like how do they keep in touch? Yeah. Uh, so a couple different ways. Uh, our website is www.ecrm.marketgate.com. You'll find a wealth of information there. Our whole calendar is listed. So you can go to right to our website. Also feel free to reach out to me directly. You can find me on LinkedIn. Um, also my email is pretty easy. It's just S Davidson at ecrm.marketgate.com to reach out. I'd love to connect you with the right person here based off your categories or, you know, make a suggestion or talk with you about what you're trying to accomplish and get you in the right session. Awesome. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much for sharing your insights and helping us think more about the the shifting landscape of connecting with buyers as we move out of pandemic. This was really, really valuable. No, thanks for having me. It's been fun. Okay. My whizzes. I am so grateful that Sarah joined on our podcast today. We got to hear about all of those inside tidbits, that inside scoop on these events from Sarah and how you can think about using these events to grow your brand, right? That curated connection with buyers. So I'm curious about how this landed with you. Which 
types of events are you going to prioritize in the coming months? So of course, in addition to this episode, I have a ton of past resources about in-person events, about range me, about virtual events, about trade shows. Just send me a DM on Instagram or a message on LinkedIn and let me know what you're planning on doing. And I will send another resource your way. As always, we have all of our guest contact information, our social handles, as well as a sign-up option for our email list linked in our full show notes. So pop on over there for any of today's resources and send me a note to connect. All right. Thank you for listening today. And we will see you right back here next week. Thanks for listening to Food Biz Wiz. If you're enjoying this podcast and the tools it gives you for growing your packaged product business, please subscribe so you never miss an episode. From one small business owner to another, I am deeply grateful for your support of this podcast, and I appreciate it when you share it with your fellow food founders, share it on social media, or leave me a review on your listening platform. Ready for more? Find out how we can work together at foodbizwiz.com. I'll see you right back here next week.